Welcome back, everybody. It's the Betting Pros College Football Preview Show, and we are here to do some conference championships. Only 10 games to pick from. That is what we are going to do here today. Uh, you can follow us all on Twitter, at Bogman Sports for myself, at Thor KU for Thor, and at M Barrel Sports, two R's, two L's for Mike. Before we dive into conference championships, the season is over. The regular season is over, guys. Uh, it is depressing. It goes so fast every single year. But, uh, Thor, I'll start with you. Your reflections of the last week of the regular season and just the regular season as a whole as we move on to conference championships and bowl season. Yeah, we uh, we didn't get as much chaos as as we thought, especially down the stretch, but there just wasn't a lot of upsets. I uh, thought we were going to get one on... Saturday, a big one with with Auburn over Alabama, and obviously that that didn't you know that grave digger and all that sort of stuff. And, uh, and we'll see now with conference championship week, I, we might get some chaos here. The market is already indicating that it, it thinks some chaos is going to happen in terms of the the rankings and stuff like that. So that'd be one thing to keep an eye on. But that that was the one surprising thing to me about this season. Mike, the season comes to a close, and last week, I mean, we saw one of the craziest plays ever in that uh, fourth and 30 touchdown conversion from Bama. It was insane. So your thoughts on last week and in the season as a whole as we move to the postseason here? Well, I mean, there was a pretty big game between Michigan and Ohio State, which is there's a lot of unpack there. Um, you know, Ryan Day has lost his last three games, so Ohio State's won six versus top five teams now, and now the fans are, there's a lot of unrest there. He's on a hot seat heading into next season. I don't care what anybody says, hot seat. If he doesn't beat Michigan again, uh, you know, this time, and loses four straight, he's gone. It's just going to happen. Um, and then the Auburn-Alabama game was very interesting to me. I took Alabama to cover. Obviously, that didn't happen, but Gore took that win-loss under and i thinking like okay they're not gonna win this game they're gonna they're gonna lose to alabama but it's gonna be closer than we thought and then when they had the chance to win it you know you get the muff punt and then you get the the idiotic decision to rush to and spy why are you spying i mean just go after him uh, you, you're wasting a player so you, you eliminated one player is spying a quarterback on fourth and goal from the 31 does you no good whatsoever i mean there's there's literally uh, eight other guys down near the goal line that can come up and make a tackle before the five-yard line. Um, it was just the most idiotic thing I've ever seen. And Thor's bet, I don't know how much you put on it. He doesn't want to share that, I'm sure, but <laughs> that right there because that should have been a ticket back. It should have been a push-off too, I think, maybe a little bit. I mean, they're, they're fighting down there, so I don't, I don't mind a no-call there, to be honest, but... That one looked I think if I was a ref, I probably would have thrown a flag on that. So, uh, but yes, a very interesting season. And like, like you guys both said, way less chaos, way less big upsets. I think we're going to have them in bowl season though. So I think we're going to have uh, some fun here and I can't wait till we get 12 teams in the playoff, hopefully next year. And I, I mean, is that definitely happening next year or is that like the, we all assume it's happening next year? No, expanded playoffs coming next year. Okay. Yeah. I, I just couldn't remember. There's so many things with changing conferences and uh, the transfer portal and all that. I can't keep up with all the, the changes. So, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited for that because I won't be sitting here nervous waiting for somebody else to lose for Texas to get into the playoff. So um, if they're even in that position next year, but we will see, let's look forward to the conference championship before we get to it. 
I got to tell you guys to join the Betting Pros College Football Podcast Betting Group. Make your picks all season long. If you're among the top ROI performers, you could win big prizes, including Garrett Wilson signed Ohio State jersey and premium subscriptions to Fantasy Pros and Betting Pros. Uh, it was make 100 picks before the season, but I think that we also might be doing a um, a bowl pick them. So uh, pay attention for, uh, to that. We're going to see what, how we're going to work that out, uh, but that should be coming pretty soon but uh i mean the betting pros app is amazing you should get on it and it doesn't it's not just for college football it's for basketball nfl baseball whatever you got so uh check it out when you can let's go to the conference usa championship on friday in lynchburg virginia it is new mexico against liberty ten and a half is the spread here in favor of liberty 54 and a half is the total here thor are you on New Mexico State or Liberty in this game? Uh, man, New Mexico State, they just keep overcoming circumstance, don't they? And they they just keep winning. Uh, this is another one where I don't like the matchup for New Mexico State. So, I, you know, I mean, like, I, I would be leaning towards Liberty here. And the reason why is New Mexico State's run defense is super poor. Uh, 100th in success rate, 117th opportunity rate, 131st power success rate, 102nd stuff rate. Of course, I brought this up when I was talking about New Mexico State against Jacksonville State last week. What happened in that game? Jacksonville State only ends up rushing for 85 yards in a game they lose 20-17. to 17. What happened was New Mexico State comes out, punches them in the mouth, and New Mexico State was up 17-3 to three at halftime. So Jacksonville State had to throw out their normal game script. Zion Webb, who cannot throw, threw 30 times in that game, and he was picked off twice. They threw the ball more than they ran the ball, which Jacksonville State hadn't done yet this year. Can Liberty stay on schedule with their awesome rushing attack to be able to attack the weakness of New Mexico State? I would think so. If 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 I had to play one side in this one, it would be Liberty. Uh, Mike, when you look at this game, uh, is it? I mean, I love this. Um, I love this coaching matchup, Chadwell and, and Kill. I mean, it's just going to be a great one here. But, I mean, can you take New Mexico State plus the points, or are you going to lay the points to take Liberty? I'm going to take the over. Um, All right. It'll be a higher-scoring game. I, I like Liberty. I think they're a very good program. Obviously, Chadwell is a guy who's on the, the come-up and will get the, the, the appropriate job that he wants. Uh, you know, I, I think he's sort of playing it smart picking and choosing, going from Coastal to Liberty to, you know, he doesn't want to get into a bad situation, but he's going to be a Power 5 coach. Uh, Jerry Kill has been a Power 5 coach and a pretty good one at that and a tremendous game planner, a guy who does tremendous in-game adjustments. I mean, Thor knows all about him, obviously, as a Minnesota dude. But I'm I'm going the over. I would lean New Mexico State. Um, I, I was impressed with what they did to Auburn. I was impressed with with they did last week I, I think this guy's a great coach i think he can keep this game close but i'm gonna say it's gonna be higher scoring 54 and a half the over give me the over all right let's uh move on down here to the pac-12 championship in las vegas nevada number six versus number four oregon is a nine and a half point favorite 66 and a half is the total tickets on washington cash on oregon uh cash and tickets both on the under in this game a little surprisingly but uh mike when you look at the pac-12 championship are you leaning towards oregon or is this washington beating them again i'm gonna take the over i'm not really sure why it's 66 and a half um not that that's a low number and the public's all on the under 
I know. I don't understand what's changed. You know, I get it. You know, Washington at the time against Oregon looked undefeatable. Their offense was unstoppable. They've had some hiccups that struggled in some games. Um, Oregon's offense has gotten better since that game. Uh, but to me, this is going to be a shootout. I would lean towards Washington covering just because nine and a half seems quite a bit. Um, and I don't think these teams are that far apart. I mean, people talk about Oregon being the best Pac-12 team, but they lost to Washington. And that's a fact, and that's just the way it is. Um, Washington has struggled a little bit, but I, I still think that they can keep this within nine and a half. But I'm going over. Uh, if you told, if you if you said this, you know, was the 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 over under, I don't know, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago, you would hammer the over. So now, just because Washington struggled a little bit offensively, we're we're going under. I'm I'm going over. I like it. I like it. Thor, do you have a, a good lean one way or the other in this Pac-12 championship? Same as Farrell. I'm I'm on the over as well. These two teams played already. That one was 69 points uh, total. Nice. Uh, nice. 36 to 33. And by the way, that was, you know, with how many fourth downs did Oregon go for and then didn't get it, right? Big like five. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of points that were left on the board in that game. And because these two teams have familiarity with each other, they're not going to be afraid of each other. There will be no feeling out period like the old Floyd Mayweather in in the first round where he just dances around, whatever. These two teams are going to go right after each other. Yeah. And, and, you know, Washington has the terrible run defense, Oregon's the efficiency machine. So they have their path to points. Washington, nobody stops Washington's offense. So that's where I think this is the spread, you know, is, 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 you know, crazy as it looks at, you know, at first, like I even got some sticker shock when, when I saw this thing come out the more. I look at this thing, unless this thing gets to double digits, that's where I would consider taking Washington. But if it stays in this, this weird zone where it is, I'm, I'm going to be staying away from the side, but I, I agree with Farrell. I'm on the over. All right. Yeah. Our boy Froton is going to that game. So uh, <laughs> he will be there in person. I will be there in person for Oklahoma state versus Texas in the big 12 championship in Arlington at Jared world. The line here is Texas by 14 and a half, 55 and a half is the total on this game. Public is slightly leaning towards Texas on both sides, tickets and cash tickets and cash are also both slightly on the over. So while we do have definitive Texas in the over in this game. It's a little dicey here, Thor. Which way are you leaning? Texas all the way. Um, you know, on on Sunday, on the Sunday show, we, we do that, you know, with with Welsh and, and the aforementioned Froton, right when the lines are dropping. This thing, it, it initially came out earlier that afternoon at 11 and a half. When we got on that show, it was 12 and a half. And, I, you know, I, I blocked in my bet on Texas at that number. And I said, this thing's going to be at 14 and a half in a snap. And that's exactly where we are now. Uh, my my line on this one with adjustments has moved up to Texas minus 16.9. So I, honestly, even at 14 and a half, I'm, I'd still be back in Texas. I backed Texas all the way up to 17. It's there's a couple of different things going on here. First of all, Oklahoma State got here by playing this soft and Charmin soft schedule. Uh, they, they cut the Big 12 schedule about as easy as you can possibly get it. Avoided the good teams, including Texas. The only good one, good one they had to play was Oklahoma. They obviously won a coin flip in that one to get here, but then. They're a one-trick pony kind of a team, Oklahoma State is, with just the running game. When they can't run, they can't throw either. Ollie Gordon's been awesome this year, but now Ollie Gordon has to go up against arguably the best run defense in the nation. If it's not, it's certainly top three, and Texas has the best defensive front in the nation. 
just a bunch of beasts up there and they go too deep, you know, so they can bring in waves of guys and different stuff like that. Texas shuts out the lights on every running game and Oklahoma state doesn't have an offense when they can't run. So they are in all kinds of trouble here. Again, Bowman, when they need to ask him to throw, which they're going to have to do here because they're going to be down by double digits pretty quickly here. That spells problems for him, too. I think Texas flips the field on him a couple times. I, I think this is a big problem. And then the last point I'll make about it, this game is being played at noon Eastern is when the kickoff is. The other important games that Texas you know, will be you know, watching or the scoreboard watching, whatever, those games occur later in the day, right? Like the, the, no the SEC – the SEC championship game begins four hours later. The ACC championship begins eight hours later. Um, Texas in this game, they don't need to scoreboard watch as it's going. All they need to do is put up fireworks and impress the committee. I I, I think this is one where they go out and absolutely destroy Oklahoma State, make a statement. Uh, Farrell, do you agree with that? Yeah. I Originally when I saw the 14 and a hook, I was like, you know, Gundy's a good coach. He is a guy who can probably keep them close, but the more I look at the matchup, I, I just don't like it. Um, everything Thor said, I mean, the, Oklahoma State has to run the football. Um, if they can't run the football, they will get crushed. Uh, example of that, you know, I mean, they, they South Alabama. I mean, this was when Gordon wasn't running the football, but. And also UCF, UCF Mike. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that game was was played in rain. Yeah. But Ollie Gordon couldn't get no. going, and Oklahoma State's entire offense went away. Yeah, 25 yards yeah. in that game, um, lose 45 to 3. Like, if they can't run, they're going yeah. to get destroyed. Um, he was their saving grace, of course, against BYU. He's been their saving grace against every team. They've kind of beaten some crappy teams, and, and they've done it in less impressive fashion. Um, the Bedlam game, you know, obviously that was an impressive win. Um, but, you know, Beating BYU in two overtimes, beating Houston by three. Um, none of this impresses me. So I just don't think matchup wise, you know, Texas is very strong up front. Uh, they're going to load the box and say, Alan Bowman, you got to beat us. He's not going to be able to do it. And I think they're going to. Good luck. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys are right. I'm excited for it. Can't wait to go. Let's go to the MAC championship here in Detroit, Miami, Ohio. First Toledo. The line is Toledo by seven and a half. 44 and a half is the total. And the cash is way on the under and way on Miami in this game. Farrell, are you on Miami as well and the under here? I'm on the under. Um, I, I would actually lean Toledo, honestly. Uh, I know Thor's probably going to disagree with that, but I, I just think this is going to be a lower scoring game. Um, you know, I, I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of. Uh, sparks here i think you're gonna see you know somewhat conservative game plans um and just you know you you put that number of 44 and a half it seems kind of low uh it's not low enough um th this is gonna be like a maybe a i don't know 20 to 14 type of game to me um so i'm gonna go on the under uh and i think the only thing that scares me is that the public's on the under uh but i agree with the public on this one that Seven and a half. You probably take Miami of Ohio getting that touchdown. And oh, I feel Toledo, but I'm not touching the side. That number stinks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when your gut tells you something, listen to it and either, you know, bet it or leave it alone. Uh, that's what I say. Thor, uh, when you look at the MAC title game, uh, are you on the Red Hawks here? Are you on the Rockets? Which way are you on? I rarely listen to my gut. That's why it's bad at all. You can eat pizza <laughs> buffets for me. All right. 
Miami of Ohio plays this very specific kind of football where it's like, it's sort of like uh, they're like the Iowa Hawkeyes of the G5. They run the slowest pace offense in the entire nation, 133rd. It's like they run a play, generally a run, especially now that Gabbert's out for the year because A.B. on Smith and all he does is scramble around. They'll run. Then they let the play clock go down to three or two every single time. Now, you know, we'll, we'll meander up to the, the huddle again and then, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And they have a good defense. In fact, Miami's uh, defense is so good, it's ranked 15th. Uh, in in SP plus, which might be the highest for a G5 team. And by the way, another parallel to Iowa with Miami, Miami has the number one special teams SP plus rank in the entire nation. They don't have the talent that Toledo does. If, If this line was being based just on talent, Toledo should be a double digit favorite. But whereas Miami, they keep all these games close. And and to the point of the total, by the way, Miami has only had one game go over 46 points. I'm talking about the total since September 23rd, because again, it's just a very slow, methodical thing. Play good special teams. We always want to have the field position advantage. Then we're going to play salty defense. We're going to wait for you to shoot yourself in the foot. That's how Miami, Ohio plays football. Toledo is a team where they can can potentially be had here. Toledo is the clear class of the Mac in terms of talent. It's not even close but with any of them. I mean, they, they dust everyone in terms of talent. But they've been playing down, you know, relative. They should be annihilating some of these teams. But you look at some of their box scores. They only beat Bowling Green by one point. The last game against Miami, they only beat them by four. Avion Smith was involved in that one at the end. Ball State, they beat 13 to six. So you sort of go through those and you, you get a little t- Northern Illinois. They beat by two. You start to get a little trepidatious about that, about how close Toledo plays. And that's already the prerogative of Miami, Ohio. I think I would lean towards Miami of Ohio with getting the points. I haven't pulled the trigger yet because you have to get over that mental hurdle of knowing that Toledo is so much more talented than them. I do agree with the underplay, though, because t- Miami is able to uh, enforce the way that they play football. On, on even more talented teams. Toledo is going to get dragged into deep waters with them in terms of the very methodical pace, in terms of the, you know, like uh, trying to avoid mistakes and everything like that, the low scoring game. Uh, I, I would be on the under, but I do lean Miami. I just looked at our guy, uh, Nick Allen's team strength rating on CFB winning edge, and it is absurd the difference between Toledo and Miami of Ohio. It is ridiculous. So uh, his line also is very different. So interesting there. Let's go to the Mac or excuse me, to the mountain West championship in Las Vegas, Nevada. Again, the day after uh, 68% are on UNLV who are plus two and a half in this game. 58 and a half is the total here. Tickets are 50-50 on the, the total, but cash is on the over. Uh, this is a tickets on UNLV, cash on Boise State, Thor. Which side are you going in the Mountain West here? This is such an interesting game because uh, UNLV, you know, they were the team that came out of nowhere, and they've been awesome all year. Um, but then at the very end of the season, they they stubbed their toe against San Jose State, and they obviously forced a three-way tie that allowed Boise State to get here because the computers preferred them over San Jose State by the slimmest of margins. Boise State was a team we gave up for debt about a month ago, right? There was all the problems with Andy Avalos. The players were not happy there. They had the injury to Ashton GNT. They were starting the wrong quarterback. They had this stupid, dopey offensive system where they couldn't start tail on green anymore because of it. Then the quarterback gets injured three weeks ago. So they're forced back to tail on green at the same time they decided to fire Andy Avalos. 
They win their last two games convincingly. That's how they rallied into this game. Now Boise State has all the momentum. But it's weird because they're sort of in this. They came up from the rear thing, not UNLV. So it's, it's sort of like reverse things with that. I kind of like the over in this game for a couple of different reasons. Boise State's, their, their defensive weakness, it's the run defense. 70th in rushing success rate, 86 marginal explosiveness. The UNLV offense and the go-go offense that Brennan Marion does, you have the two running backs back there with the quarterback, and then they just run crazy tempo. They put a lot of stress on any run defense. Boise State already doesn't have a very good one. You flip the field the other way. Boise, even with Taylon Green in, they can generate the explosive pass because you have to load up against those two runners, especially when Taylon's in. Because now you have Taylon, you have Jeanty, you have Holani. Like it's just so difficult to deal with that. And, you know, and then when the defenses start to inch up, that's where we do the play action thing over the top because of that Boise state's offense seventh in marginal explosiveness. That is the biggest weakness of UNLV's defense. They get lit up for long passing plays all the, all the time. 124th in that UNLV's also 82nd in rushing explosion against UNLV's defense. So Boise state with GNT back, GNT Halani green, that's an explosive running game. You're able to lean into that as well. This is a tough handicap for me on the side because both these two teams have, have been weird and played against type all year long. I would lean the over, though. Now, Farrell, what are your thoughts here? Are, are you on the over as well? No, I'm going to go UNLV here. Um, I don't know what happened last week. You know, they've been playing well all season long. They stubbed their toe here and there. You know, obviously Michigan drilled them, but. Didn't they have the best record against the spread for a long time? Weren't they like undefeated? Yeah, they were the covering, and I'm picking them every week, and it was working out well. And you know, my Fresno State was a weird one, but I, you know, last week, I mean, they they, as Thor said, they gave up just too many explosive plays, and and I know Barry Odom is pretty pissed about that. And you know, it, this team is pretty focused. You know, I thought Odom would be mentioned for certain jobs like the Syracuse job or the Houston job or all that stuff, but there's been very few distractions around the NFL program. Marion's been mentioned for UTEP, but it's like they're pretty locked in and they're pretty pissed off from, you know, the situation they put themselves in. Um, Boise State is very Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, they're getting better. They're playing better. But as Thor mentioned, the, the whole trajectory of this season has just been crazy. I don't trust them. So if you're going to give me points uh, and, and you're going to give me the better team, I'm going to take you on LV. All right. Before we go to the next group of conference championships, let me remind you about the betting pros app for iOS and Android. Use Sportsbook sync to automatically track your bets across all major sports books in one spot. Easily track your bet performance by sport and bet type, including game picks, props, and parlays. Get personalized bet recommendations tailored to your interests, including line alerts. When viewing a game of interest, simply set a game notification so that you are alerted once a line hits a certain number. At that point, you'll be notified so you can lock in your bet at the ideal line. Head over to bettingpros.com slash apps to start setting your line alerts now or download the Betting Pros app in the iTunes or Google Play stores today. All right, let's go to the big one, the SEC championship here, Farrell. Number one, Georgia versus number eight, Alabama. The line is Georgia by six, 55 and a half is the total here. Uh, tickets of cash on Georgia. They're split on the under and the over. Who's going to win this game? Uh, Georgia's going to win the game. I just don't know how much they're going to win it by. Um, you know, obviously we saw a few of the things that that um, we were concerned about with Alabama at the beginning of the season. Uh, there was some sloppy play. Um, it's 
mistakes, hurting themselves, and, and they hadn't done that in a very long time. They still pulled out the game. It was kind of a miracle, and this game was going to happen no matter what. Uh, it doesn't really matter. But I, I, I'm leaning Georgia, but that's not what I'm taking. I'm taking the under here. Um, you know, 55 and a half is a good number. I think it's probably right in line with Thor's system or, or similar to it. But this is an SEC championship game. This is Kirby versus Saban. This is two defensive coaches. These are two teams that want to establish the run first. They want to play smash route. They want to be more physical than the other. Uh, I think you're going to see not a low-scoring game. I mean, this isn't Alabama LSU 100 years ago, 7-3 to three type of situation. But this could be a, I don't know, 20-17 to 17 game. Uh, it could be a 24-17 to 17 game. I just don't see this turning into a passing attack. Carson Beck's been awesome. He can throw the ball. No row when he has to throw the ball other than fourth and 31. That's not <laughs> that they want to play. Um, so I think both teams want to establish the run. Kendall Milton's been getting better and better. Um, this running game for Alabama is getting better and better. No rows now are running, you know, attack. He's, he's a factor again in the run after like four weeks where he wasn't run oriented game, clock, ball control, take the under. Thor, your thoughts on the SEC title game? Are you rolling with George? Georgia seems pretty unbeatable. Yeah, I've, I haven't locked in a bet yet, but if, if the line's under six, I would lean Georgia, um, you know, right there. Um, I would probably lean the over, though, um, if, if I, you know, in terms of the total. I, I think Georgia's going to be able to score on Alabama, um, the, the pass defense there, especially down the field. So Alabama's pass defense, 67th in explosion. Carson Beck is showing he can throw down the field and they have some weapons there, the, the speedy guys. And then Georgia's defense, they their bugaboo has been the running game a little bit. Now, this will be interesting if Jace McClellan can or cannot play, but Georgia's defense, 81st in rushing success rate allowed, uh, 84th opportunity rate, 88th uh, power success rate. I, I do think they're going to be able to do a better job against Milrow as a runner than Hugh Freeze. Um, Hugh Freeze, who the, the Auburn defense, they allowed Jalen Milrow to run for over a hundred yards. It was like, they weren't spying him when they were supposed to. And then like Farrell was talking about before on the one play where it's like, you don't need to use a spy on this play, Hugh. He's like, send that spy out there. I'm sick <laughs> of Jalen running all over us. Um, so I, you know, I, I would lean the over for those reasons. I can't take the points with Alabama. I don't, we talked about this all fall. I don't trust Alabama as far as I can throw them. The, this, the spread I think is more or less fair though. That's why I still haven't worked out an official play on it, but those would be my two leans right now. All right, let's go over to the AAC championship game in New Orleans. It's SMU versus number 23, Tulane. Tulane is a five-and-a-half-point favorite. 48 is the total here. Uh, tickets and cash on SMU and the over here, Thor. Which way are you leaning in the AAC championship game? That's the first time I'd heard the line's gotten up to five-and-a-half. It doesn't surprise me, though. Uh, I was all over Tulane on Sunday. I, I got a three-and-a-half ticket. Uh, last time I, I knew it was at four-and-a-half, but... Again, not surprising that the market just keeps shoving the money in on, on Tulane and forcing the books to adjust, adjust, adjust. Looks like it, it is still four and a half. I, I'll refresh here, but I guess I just got my wires crossed. So. Well, I, I think it could be up to six by, by kickoff, potentially. <laughs> Preston Stone's not playing. I mean, like, that is an enormous, enormous downgrade. You go from Preston Stone, one of the best quarterbacks in the G5, to Kevin Jennings, who is a low three-star recruit, six foot nothing, sub 200 pounds, 36 career passing attempts. His only other scholarship offer coming out of high school from a team currently in the FBS, 
they were not an FBS school at the time. That was from Sam Houston. That was the only other sniff that Kevin Jennings got. Now Kevin Jennings is going to be starting for SMU in, in, the, in the title game here in the AAC, traveling to New Orleans to take on Tulane in their home building, a place where Tulane won this game last year. Right, like in, in Tulane this year, they go eleven and one. The only loss they had was in mid-September to Ole Miss. When, by the way, Michael Pratt didn't play. And if you guys remember in that game, Tulane was way more frisky than they should have been with their backup quarterback going up against Ole Miss. Tulane's got everything going for them in this game. SMU's got to do it with the backup quarterback. Other point I'll make: Tulane's defensive weakness by far is their pass defense. They have a really good pass rush. But if you can deal with that, you can you can just get them all the way downfield and, and everything, nick them with the intermediate stuff and everything like that. Their secondary is not great. So one weakness they got there. Um, I don't know that Kevin Jennings is going to be able to do that, and I don't know how he's going to deal with the pressure that Tulane reliably brings against every single opponent. Where Tulane is awesome on defense in addition to the pass rush, it's their run defense. So they're going to be able – like if SMU is just like, oh, we'll just run the ball a lot more – now you got to go into the teeth of what Tulane's defensive strength is. Good luck with that on their home turf game they won last year. Like I said, this one's green wave all the way. Yeah, I remember that Tulane versus Ole Miss game because I lost some money on that one. I was definitely going for uh, Ole Miss in that game when Michael Pratt was out, but didn't work out. Mike, uh, which way are you leaning in the AAC title game here? I, I'm going Tulane. Um, it's four right now, and and it's going to get up to six. Um, they're a better football team. They have better depth. SMU's have done a good, you know, last year's done a good job coaching. Without Preston Stone, they, they really don't have a chance. I'm not sure why this number's so low. Uh, so hammer it now at four because it's going to get high. Yeah, I'm. I maybe I was just uh, thinking it was going to be five and a half at some point. We're advancing yeah. the number to what it's going to be. It's going to be five and a half or six. Uh, by the let's weekend. go to the Sun Belt Championship. This is uh, App State at Troy, six and a half is the line here in favor of the home team troy and 52 and a half is the total uh cash and tickets are just slightly on troy uh but they're pretty heavy on the over here mike do you have a good lean one way or the other in this game i like the over two. 52 and a half is a little bit low here um i think this is going to be sort of a, a higher scoring game not super crazy I, I like troy if i had to pick a side um obviously i think they're the more stable football team as far as consistency you kind of know what you're going to get from them week to week whereas app state's kind of up and down but i'm going over here i think this is going to be a 60 to 65 point thor your thoughts on the Sun Belt championship fun belt yeah i uh, haven't bet it quite yet but strong lean towards troy uh troy's a team i've liked all year uh Appalachian State, a team that that at the beginning of the season was terrible. Then they came on uh, in part because of this new quarterback they got, Joey Aguilar. Uh, but as we talked about on the Sunday show, Aguilar may be close to turning into a pumpkin. Um, <laughs> so, so Aguilar, so far this year, he's thrown for 3,251 yards, 33 to 9 uh, TDI and T ratio, 8.3 yards per attempt. And, and he spurred, you know, Appalachian State coming back and they, they upset James Madison and like all this sort of stuff. And so it's like, this guy's a stud. But then you look in, into some of the other metrics on him. PFF, his big time throw rate to turnover worthy throw rate, 28 big time throws, which, which is that's solid. That's okay. Yeah. 25 turnover worthy <laughs> th th plays. That percentage being close is not good. 
It's not good. And and like you can think of it, it's like a, a fill in for TDINT rate, right? So you want, you know, you want double of the sure, one, sure. To, you know, or more. Uh, in, in this case, just the turnover worthy throw play. Uh, Joey Aguilar is tied for number three in the nation uh, in those with the 25. The only two guys ahead of him, Thomas Castellanos and Davis Pickle Brent, our friend. The, <laughs> the guy that he is tied with is Keon Jenkins, the stinky quarterback from FIU. Uh, Keon Jenkins, his TDINT rate, by the way, is 11 to 11. That's the guy tied with with Aguilar in, in terms of his turnover-worthy plays. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and obviously, Aguilar, he has been able to avoid the disaster to this point. Troy has the awesome defense, and Troy also has a balanced offense. They spread you out. It's the quick-hitting passing game, keep you out of the box, and then they run, run, run with Kamani Gore Vidal and rack up efficiency in terms of that stuff. So between the, the, that stuff, their experience in this spot, and me not not super-duper trusting Aguilar, I got to go with Troy. All right, gentlemen, let's go over to the ACC championship game. Number 10, Louisville versus number five, Florida State. FSU is a two-and-a-half-point favorite, 48 and a half is the total of this game being played in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, the public is on FSU for tickets, but cash is on Louisville. Uh, both sides are big on the under in this game with Tate Rodemaker again. Uh, Thor, your thoughts on the ACC title game? The the books gave me a, a gift on Sunday with uh, Louisville plus four and a half. I knew that was a gift. I knew I wasn't going to be there very long, so I, I took it and ran out the door. Very happy with that ticket. Uh, still all over Louisville. Books, I don't need your points in this one. Louisville is going to win this game. Tate Rodemaker stinks. And Tate Rodemaker, we we were talking about this before the show. Tate Rodemaker, it's not, you know, some people haven't seen him, whatnot. And and you think like, oh, you know, maybe he's got some dormant potential. We've, this kid's been on campus for four years. Every time we've seen him, he's not been good. He doesn't have a mobility aspect to his game. He turns the ball over too much. He's not a good thrower. Uh, in this past game last week against Florida, and for people out there that don't know this contextually, Florida has one of the worst pass defenses in the entire FBS. It is legitimately atrocious. That is what you attack when you play Florida. Tate Rodemaker didn't even complete 50% of his passes in that game, despite the fact he's working with Keon Coleman, who's around one receiver, Johnny Wilson, maybe day two, else high day three. And Jaheim Bell, the tight end, the move piece, he's going to get drafted in the NFL as well. And he still couldn't do anything against, you know, again, one of the worst pass defenses in the nation. Now you got to go up against this Louisville team that has a crazy underrated defense. Um, that's that's what they've sort of been led by this year. Uh, can Louisville scratch out enough uh, points against the Florida State defense? I think so, because I don't think they're going to need to do much to score more than the, than the Tate Rodemaker uh, offense there. And by the way, I don't think Trey Benson's going to be able to pitch in much either. Last week, he got like 90, it was 90 some yards against Florida. Uh, most of them came from two runs. He, he had two runs in the second half that ended up going for touchdowns. Uh, Florida's defense isn't very good. And you take away those two runs, it was like 17 carries for like, 30 yards or 25 yards or like something like that. Louisville has a way better defensive front than Florida does. If Florida state thinks, Oh, behind Trey Benson, we're going to win this game. Uh, uh-uh, it's not going to happen between Jack Plummer, between Garendo, between Jordan, they're going to be able, Louisville's going to be able to put up enough points here. This one's Louisville all the way. I also agree with the market in terms of the under. That was another bet that I made earlier this week. 
um, for all the reasons that I stated. The the Florida State uh, offense is now impotent with Tate Rodemaker. I'm sorry. It just is what it is. Louisville's going to win this game, and we're going to get out of the national nightmare of having to see Tate Rodemaker in a college football <laughs> playoff game. Uh, Farrell, are, are you in agreement here? Do you think Louisville can win this game straight up and uh, maybe take him on the money line? It's not good juice. It's like plus 115. Uh, if you're taking them on the money line, this is the smallest uh, spread of any of the conference championship games. Yeah, I don't trust either team, so I'm going to go under um, because I do trust what <laughs> Thor said about Rodemaker and, yeah. and that offense. It's just horrible. The the difference between Jordan Travis and that offense and, and Tate Rodemaker is alarming. Um, he can't utilize any of the weapons he has. I mean, he, he targets Johnny Wilson more than he should because he's eight feet tall. Yep. <laughs> He can't accurately throw to a six foot eight wide receiver. He can't throw to <laughs> wide receiver. He can't throw to the biggest, most talented, you know, group of wide receivers. You mentioned Bell and, and Warlock, and they've got guys that you just have to get the ball within three yards of their catch radius, and he can't even do that. He's terrible. Louisville, I don't trust. I haven't trusted him all season long. I think they're a year ahead of schedule. Jeff Brom is a great coach. He's a good fit, but they do have a defense. And the secondary is also very, very good when it comes to NFL talent. Um, that's a problem. You know, Florida State's going to have to try to run heavy. Uh, they're going to have to try to keep the ball, uh, keep out of third and longs, keep the ball away from Rodemaker. This one's going to go under because Louisville's got a good defense and Florida State has no offense whatsoever. Florida State has a good defense. Louisville has an offense I don't trust. So give me the under on this one. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm heavy on the under here. I do think that, you know, there's a possibility that the playmakers just win it for Florida State. You know what I mean? Uh, because uh, there are good playmakers, but yeah. They could win the game. Rodemaker's going to have to be way better, though. Way, way, way better. It's too much of an improvement. I mean, that's how bad Florida sucks. Yeah. That's yeah. how bad they are. That's how bad... Sunbelt Billy and this team have become. And by the way, Florida State, they needed so much help from Florida to win that game. You guys recall Florida early on in that game was controlling it, and they were up with even, what was it, eight minutes left in that game. But between the the play, Mike, you, you, I, I saw you put that up on your Twitter, between the player that was this hitting the coach's hand off him, between the two ejections on the Gators' side, between all the mistakes they were making on special teams, the lack of discipline. It was like they just kept being like, Florida State, you're undefeated. Don't you want to still have your shot to go to the college football play? We're just going to give you the game. And so Florida State finally was like, fine, we'll take it. Right. But Louisville is not going to be as generous this weekend. Uh, all right, let's go to the last game here, the last conference championship to talk about. Michigan is a 23-point favorite against Iowa in the Big Twelve, Big Ten Championship, excuse me, in Indianapolis. Uh, the money and cat, the cash and tickets, excuse me, are on the Michigan side. We have tickets on the over here because it is so low, but. 55% of cash is on the under, of course, because it's Iowa, Mike. Uh, is this game going to go under? Can it possibly go under? It can go under. Uh, <laughs> so Michigan might as well be, well, that's not fair. Michigan <laughs> can play like a Big Ten West team if they want to. I mean, obviously we saw second half against Penn State. They did not throw the football. Um they can play a very slow, methodical offense, and they can try to out-physical you, and I think that's what they're probably going to do against Iowa because Iowa is a really good offense. They're going to try to wear them down. Uh, they're going to try to run the ball, play action, all that good stuff. The line is ridiculous. I mean, it, you know, if you look at that line, you're like, okay, 
I'll take Iowa getting 23 points. But then you think Iowa's going to score three points in this football game. That's it. That's it. Cade McNamara is sharing all his secrets. Who cares? He, he, the, teams, the offense is terrible. Terrible. They're going to score three points. So that is the question is, okay, so what's the score going to be when we get Iowa's going to score three? Is it going to be 23 to three? And, and Iowa's going to cover? Is it going to be 26 to three? It's going to be 30 to three. But whatever it is, going to be under that 35 and a half. So I'm taking the under. I'm looking at this as a similar to a big West, uh, big 10 West, you know, game, which I've won so much money all season long on go on the under. Thor, uh, are you taking the under in this game, or is Michigan going to score enough to Thor's put it over take by Iowa. themselves? Watch. He's, no, he's going to take Iowa. Well, you guys know, world's biggest Hawkeye fan over here, and I, you know, Mike, you, we've been we've been on the the under Ponzi scheme with Iowa all season. We've been riding that. Michigan is going to annihilate Iowa in this <laughs> game, and not only that, I think Michigan is going to get over that total by themselves so a little history lesson for people out there first of all earlier this season iowa and by the way i'll say in their defense they should be 11 and 1 the refs stole one game from them fraudulently the pj fleck against you know fleck and the yeah, Gophers. i had the minus two in, in that game so i, I remember even, that one too i won't, or, I, I won't even get into what it i had i had the under and it came in well, there you go. I mean, that, that, that's Good what you usually you, do. The the one game where <laughs> Iowa legitimately lost this year, it was to Penn State, uh, a team who is, yeah, I mean, on, you know, the line of continuum to Michigan, but Michigan's way better than them. Penn State beat Iowa in that game 31 to nothing. Cade McNamara actually started in that one. Uh, Deacon Hill got in for the, you know, at the very end or whatever. Cade McNamara went five for 14 for 42 yards. Iowa's a team through for 56. Their running game was even worse. Iowa ran 17 times for 20 yards. That was the totality of Iowa's offense against Penn State's defense, which is not as good as Michigan's. Uh, one other thing in our history lesson, let's go back to the 2021 Big uh, Big Ten football championship game between these two very same teams. And a lot of guys, especially on the Michigan side, are playing in this game. Blake Corum was in that game. Donovan Edwards was in that game, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. Roman Wilson was in that game. That one was Michigan 42, Iowa Hawkeyes 3. The last point I'll make about this game, Iowa started out this season with a little bit of offensive talent, maybe theoretically. Cade McNamara, Luke Lachey, Eric All, you had a really good tight end group of different stuff like that. All three of those guys are done for the season. Iowa also has uh, two of their top receivers Kirk Ferentz does currently not know whether those guys are going to play in this game. Uh, Vine, Deontay Vines and Caleb Brown. Iowa doesn't have anything on off, like literally nothing. Deacon Hill is, I, I love Deacon and we, you know, we do the Deacon blues and everything. He's one of the worst starting FBS court. That guy should be in the F FCS. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I, I like to have fun with them, but, but not very good. Uh, they, Iowa can run mediocre-ish when they're playing mediocre competition they can't when they're playing a penn state or a michigan we've seen this time and time again this one's all wolverines i think the wolverines get over that total by themselves all right well that is going to wrap it up for this week we will take next week off as there are no games but we should be back the following week so uh remember you can follow us all on twitter at bogman sports for myself at thor ku for thor and at m feral sports two r's two l's for mike and we will see you guys then take it easy everybody thanks for listening to the betting pros podcast if you love the show the best free way to support us is by leaving a positive review on apple podcasts or spotify follow us on x and tiktok at betting pros and instagram at betting pros nfl 
Also, subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash bettingpros.